Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim, and I'm the lead pastor at Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario. And I'm Marshall, and I'm the associate pastor at NBC. How's it going, Tim? I can't get over the fact that there's something different going on with the mics. I hear it in my head, <laughs> and it's driving me crazy, and I want to just move on. Your inner tech guy is But it just sounds different, right and now. I can't figure it out. Yeah. Oh, well. That's I, why we have... That's why, that's why we have Alex. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Alex will fix. Alex, Alex will fix can it. you fix this? Can you make us sound pretty? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Th- thanks, Alex. So, today's New Year's Eve. It is. For us. For us. In real time, it's the second week of January. Yeah. Is it too late to talk about New Year's resolutions? I don't think so. So, you got one? Uh, Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple. I think the one is is related to this actually. I'm trying to either memorize or get a good grasp on the answers to all the catechism questions. Yeah. That's the more spiritual one. Okay. There the health one is um you know, pandemic and uh Christmas and all that stuff. I'm not fitting into my clothes as well. I want to lose a little bit of weight. So that's the that's the worldly aspiration that I've got for twenty twenty. I gotta lose twenty pounds probably. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of basic, but what about you? No. No? <laughs> You're good. You're perfect. I'm you don't good. need anything. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, no, this is, so this is the thing where I'm at, right? Like, so, so health-wise, yeah, I, I've got to get active. I've spent too many years of not being. Um, I just get caught up in the, in the desk work. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I need to figure that out. Uh, it's okay, though. I did, like, five push-ups last night. Oh yeah. So I'm rocking it this yeah. far. Yeah. Um hope I don't fall off that wagon. <laughs> I was I started this little thing where I would wake up and first thing in the morning, I'd do 100. Like I'd have to take a, a a couple breaks to get through that many, but I was I did that like really well for like a week and then I completely fell off the wagon. Yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to try again. Yeah. When, when a guy's doing five and a, the next guy says, I did 100, you kind of want to just push him off the wagon. <laughs> not but the all problem at once. is, I had to you don't, stop. you're not I had strong take... enough to push the guy off the wagon because <laughs> you can only do five push-ups and he does 100. I had, to, I had to take breaks. I had to take multiple breaks. It's not like I can just bang out 100 at will. That's the goal, though. Gotta yeah. aim, aim, for the, aim for the stars, Tim. Yeah, and, and I, guess, I guess otherwise, um, I, I don't know, man, but... I've, I've, I'm struggling to have like passion for things that I would usually be passionate about. Mm. Um, I, I think there's something about 2020 that just kind of numbed me mm. and I, I want to break through that somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hear that resolve to figure it out. There you go. I'll follow up with you in a couple of weeks. See how that's going. All right. <laughs> but today we got to get into some new city catechism. We do. And we do. Just a little question, not not you know, not a very big question that we have to get into today. Yeah. Nothing, nothing major. Just you know, like what is God? What is God? <laughs> why? So, so the first thing we're supposed to do is talk about why this question matters. Okay. Why ask this question? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to address that by asking why ask this question this way. Hmm. Is, is there anything inside of you that looks at the question, what is God, and goes, ooh, that's... Well... 
Is that the right first word? Yeah. <laughs> because we have, we know that our God is personal, mm-hmm. right? I would be more inclined to ask the question, who is God? Right. But I think the reason they did what is God is because they're they're addressing, I think, this broader question that exists in our culture, right? Because there's, there's a lot of different potential answers to this question. Mm-hmm. So who is probably a little bit more specific, um, but what kind of gives us an opportunity to address maybe some of the answers of what people think God is. Right, because I would, when when I first read this, my thought was, yeah, I don't know about that, and I don't know how people are going <laughs> to feel about that. Um, because I want to assume personhood. Right. On God. Of course. But that might be an assumption that's getting a little ahead of things. Mm, I hear what you're saying, yeah. Right? I, I think all of the study of theology and all of Scripture tell us who God is. That God is and, and, and that that God is person, because the answer assumes personhood. Yep. Throughout the answer, the, the scriptural passages used, the answer itself used, personhood is not in question. It is assumed in all of that. They are going to use pronouns that mm-hmm. assume personhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but this really gets us into the ballpark of having conversations about other religions mm-hmm. and how other religions see the universe or uh, a, a multitude of gods, those kinds of things. Right. Right. Um, so what we get in this question is that there is singularity mm-hmm. to God. Yep. And that that sort of does away with the polytheisms. Mm-hmm. And then we ask the question, what is God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that there is an answer to this question um, kind of works against the hyper relativism of our culture where like, it's not like, what is God to you? <laughs> it's like, what is God? There is a definitive answer to this question. Right. Yeah. Right. So it, it doesn't end with, we could never know. Right. Yeah. So what is God? Let's, let's see what the, the new city catechism says. It says that God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He's eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth, nothing happens except through him and by his will. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty exhaustive answer. It is. It's a tough one to memorize. I'm, I haven't got that one. I've got the first weeks down. I'm working on getting that one down because it's, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, there's always the kids' version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kids' version is maybe a little easier to... <laughs> I think the kids' version is... God is the creator and sustainer of everything, of everyone and everything. I don't even think it has sustainer. I think is it just, just the God, God is, is the creator of everyone and everything? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I yeah. checked it this morning. Okay. I was like, oh, I should have I should have made my goal to memorize the answers for the kids' version. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You got to start somewhere. <laughs> no, I think I, can do, I think I can do it. I think I can. I got to try. You sound like a, the little blue engine. <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. I probably watched that movie a hundred times as a child. Okay, um, so what do we want to talk about? Let's talk about some of the we want to talk about some of the wrong answers to this question, right? So let's talk about pantheism. 
and and panentheism. Panentheism. Yeah. Cuz they're distinct kind of, but they're they're related, right? Right. Pantheism is essentially that like everything is god. Right. Like it's just the the, the rock is god, your Toyota is god. This is what people are talking about when they say the universe. Yeah. The universe is accepting me or or I don't feel at one with the universe. Yeah. Yeah, that's pantheism. Yeah. And that includes yourself. Well, no, you, hold on, hold on. That's panentheism. Panentheism is that that God is essentially the the totality of the whole. Right. So Pan- the un- the universe accepting me and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, me being part of the universe, that is Mm-hmm. When, when you put personhood mm-hmm. on the universe, that's panentheism. Yeah. Pantheism is just that the circle of life. <laughs> the all things connected kind of thing, right? We're yeah. all... Yeah, and there's no... In pantheism, there's no real will or intelligence. Right. In panentheism, sometimes you'll get a bit of that depending on which flavor you see. So sometimes, like the universe is bringing things to me or the universe is... Change. So there's there is some differences but um but yeah it's i mean and, and a lot of eastern mysticism kind of falls into one of these categories not entirely but buddhism is kind of a panentheism kind of thing it's it's a bit distinct from that but mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's very it's very influenced by kind of this yeah eastern mysticism i think right and wh- that's why it's so popular in our, it's becoming more popular in our culture i think right so so this is distinct in that it says god is the creator and sustainer, which means he is not all of these things. Mm-hmm. He is outside of these things. Mm-hmm. He's the cause for these things, and he is the means by which they continue. Yeah, yeah. So he's like he's like involved in his creation through sustaining it. Right, right. Because um, like there's some who would be more of kind of like like deists, for example. Who kind of have this like cold, calculated, distant God, the clockmaker? Right. We've, we've talked about that before on the podcast, right? Who just kind of set everything up and has just been resting since the Sabbath, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. since that first Sabbath, like he just kind of set it in motion and then kind of walks away and, and lets it play out. Right. Uh, that D isn't that kind of like distant God that we don't really know through revelation. We just know kind of through reason. Oh, there must be an unmoved mover and that's all we can really know and that's all it is and a lot of like that was really popular during the enlightenment right like a lot of the founding fathers and a lot of like you know a lot of famous philosophers from 17 1800s were were deists so they weren't they weren't atheists but the god that they believed in was very different than than the god that we know yeah and and i want to i want to point that out as an important thing Mm -hmm. because one thing that we fall into, one trap that we fall into a lot, is to say, there was a time when, but now look at all of these ideas. Right. It's always been this way. Yeah, no, totally. Right? Maybe maybe what happens is this. Maybe those of us who grew up in the church lived in this blissful ignorance. And so it seems like in simpler times, these things weren't going on. Mm. All of these alternative ideas, these attack on God and the church and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have always existed. What was simpler were not the times. What was simpler was 
<laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. my awareness of the times. Granted, with the fall of Christendom, they have become more public. I think so. But the, there have always been these attacks. Yeah, there was never this like time in Western society where like everyone was following Jesus. Like right. that was just not that just never happened. That didn't that didn't that's a fancy. It didn't exist. There might have been, you could argue perhaps, you know, church attendance relative to the population was higher. Sure. But but you don't really know the hearts of where people were at. And 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 even like this whole idea of like, you know, we've talked about like false teaching within the church of like teaching very strange doctrines or things that are very different than what the Bible teaches. Again, those things aren't new either. Those things have been around right. for hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, so again, the, nothing new under the sun here um, as far as these, these strange uh, views. Uh, there, there's one other kind of wrong answer I, I wanted to chat about too. Okay. Um, open theism. Yeah. So it, as opposed to the watchmaker God, this is the snowball down the hill God. Yeah. <laughs> right? He rolls it up, pushes it down the hill. He he doesn't have any clue how this is going to end. Yeah, he's either. he's curious to see how it turns out. Right. Uh, but an open theist, uh, I, mean, they, I mean, they believe that God essentially has limited knowledge because of human will. So God's not really sure how things are going to play out. I mean, he's kind of set the stage to a certain degree, but he's just as curious about how the this is all going to end as we are, which, again, is— It's not hopeful. It's not—it's not—I don't know how you have any hope in that, that world. Yeah, view. some open theists would go so far as to say the ultimate end, he can calculate. Okay. But what happens between here and there— and so, like, all of the comfort that we take from things like, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. God is in control. <laughs> God is in control, right? They can't sing that song. No, no, I know. It's true. I can't either. That song's got some crazy range. But, <laughs> but they they can't sing it based on conviction. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I think it's interesting when we look at the, the answer. Are, were there any other wrong answers you wanted to chat about? No, I, I think that covers it pretty well, right? Yeah. That because what that points us to is that God is person, mm-hmm. which which we might feel is a little bit lacking in the question, but in the answer it is there. Mm-hmm. God is person, and He is, He was, and remains active. Yeah, I, I think I think one uh, important thing that I'm going to uh, to pull up in this is. An understanding of exactly what it means for God to be uh, in control in all things. Mm. Um, in our in our meme chat group, there was <laughs> there was a thing shared. It was a quote. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give the quote or the person because I don't think it okay. deserves that kind of uh, kind of attention. But basically, it, it makes a very common argument mm-hmm. amongst uh, a particular group of people that would call themselves believers that says that prayer is earthly license for divine intervention. Mm. In other words, God can't do anything until his people gather together and agree that this should be done. Right. And that we, in our faith and in our prayers, give God license to be active in his creation. Mm. Which is entirely limiting of God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's almost like this. It's almost like this. Um, there's this. 
there's been television shows and kind of adaptations of this whole idea, right? Of these like polytheistic gods who are operating in the world and they receive as much power as their particular followers give them. So if, if they are being worshipped a lot, if they are being prayed to a lot, then they suddenly become more powerful than the other gods around them. But they're wholly dependent on whether or not they are being worshipped by their followers. It's all about the clausometer. The clausometer. <laughs> Do you believe <laughs> There's just not enough Christmas spirit anymore. And that's no, why the Santa. sleigh won't fly. No, Santa. Yeah, no, that's a but great analogy. But if the analogy. people see, if, <laughs> if everyone in Central Park gets together and sings a Christmas carol, <laughs> then Santa Claus can get his job done. <laughs> which, which, in effect, <laughs> I hope everyone watched Elf at least a that's couple of times. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Which, in effect, means God is not God. But God is wholly dependent. Mm. God is as dependent, maybe even more dependent on us than we are on him, mm. which is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Yeah. What I, what I like, I want to kind of address a little bit of this answer, too, because it talks about God being the creator and the sustainer of everyone and everything. And we talk a lot about God's role as creator. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't talk about him as sustainer as often. I think we forget that, right? We, we forget the, like the importance of that. Not only that he, he made everything, but that he actually keeps it going. Right. Like he could just snap his fingers and it could all be done. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I reflect on the Colossians one passage where it talks about Christ, how in, in him, all things hold together. Right. I was really surprised that they went with Psalms and not Colossians 1. Yeah, I was surprised too. Um, I thought that they were, were referring to... Not the, that this is wrong. Yeah. That's no. That's just where my head went. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Um, that, that, that he holds all things together. That literally like, like at the molecular level, God is like keeping us together. Mm-hmm. And he could just will that it would no longer be so and it would be done. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, and it talks about his eternal, infinite, and unchangeable nature which are big big concepts difficult concepts to like wrap our minds around right like how would you how would you describe to the layperson like the fact that god is eternal like how does he relate to time yeah so so this is where like i remember as a kid just laying there on on my trampoline in my backyard looking at the stars Hmm. thinking some of those stars could have ceased their existence a thousand years ago Mm. And I still see them because the light that they gave, but that light is gone. Mm. And we won't know, maybe even in our lifetime, that that star is not there anymore. Right. Um, and, and, and then trying to wrap my head around what it means to... Worshiping a God that never ceases to end is not too terribly hard. Right. That our lives would never end is believable because so far I've not experienced the end of my life. Right. So it only makes sense to me that things would continue uh, experientially. Anyway, logically, I understand. Right, right. Uh, but that thing's never began. That is, that is the head trip, right? Mm-hmm. That's, where, that's where that laying on the trampoline looking at the stars thing just sort of spirals into this wow Mm. nature right 
And and this is where those who would come against the church in an academic way would say, oh, you know, like if we char- charge them, you know, what is the cause of the universe? And they say, well, you know, the Big Bang. And you'd be like, no, that is a, a movement of gases uh, that was an implosion. You're like, well, we're still dealing with energy and matter. So where did that energy and matter come from? Right. Right. You're, you're picking up in the middle of the story and calling it the beginning. And that's not the case. Right. There there has to be matter and energy for an implosion for a Big Bang. It's not a beginning. Right. Right. Uh, and then they they come back then with, OK, well, where did God come from? And mm-hmm. this is where I would stop and say we're talking about entirely different things. Mm-hmm. God is outside of the quantum mechanic. He is outside of the space-time continuum. Yeah. Uh, to keep bringing it down a notch. Yeah. He is outside of all of these rules of physics that we live under. Yeah. He created time. Right. So that means there is, in this dimension, limitations. Yeah. One of those limitations is called time. Mm-hmm. Right? And that is the only thing that we understand. Mm-hmm. I think, I think when it comes to to explain because because then your head is still. I, I think that ease is a little bit of the struggle with never beginning. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, we only experience the world in time, and so we want to impose time <laughs> on a realm that is outside of time. Yeah, and say I still don't understand it. This is where C.S. Lewis is brilliant. C.S. Lewis says, this is like going to a two-dimensional world, right, where height and width are the only measurements. Mm-hmm. Think of a drawing on a paper and explaining to them a sphere. Right. Right? The sphere would pass through that world first as a little dot that would expand and then contract mm-hmm. and then disappear. And that is how a sphere would pass through. And to try to explain to that world that third dimension would be impossible. They would say, yeah. no, it just, it grew and then it disappeared. Right. And and I, I think there's a part of that that we have to accept mm-hmm. and say, we don't have the means to explain something that is beyond our experience. Mm-hmm. Because one, our language doesn't allow for it. Right. Yeah. Because we've never developed the thought nor the word because we have nothing to base it on. So what we've done is we have acknowledged that we have run to the wall of our capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a cool thought. Yeah. Right. To be able to say, well, the reason I can't figure this out is not because it can't be. The reason I can't figure this out is because this is this is too big to fit in the box that is me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a great way to explain it. And I think it answers a little bit, you know, the, not only God's eternality, but the fact that he is infinite and the fact that he's unchangeable. Again, these are things that don't necessarily compute with us because our faculties just we just don't have the ability to fully wrap our minds around infinity. Mm-hmm. Really, right? Or even the unchangeable nature of God, right? Like everything in this world in which we live is subject to some kind of change, mm-hmm. right? And so to to try and um, understand, picture a being that is not affected the same way by things that are around him is is difficult. Yeah, he's not fickle. 
No. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and this, these attributes apply to, it says, his power and his perfection, his goodness, his glory, his wisdom, his justice, and truth. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about Psalm 86. Okay. It says, There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. I, I want to address that among the gods. Mm. Some might be tempted to think this is acknowledging other gods, mm. but that Yahweh himself is greater, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, there is the statement among the gods, right? And, and then that Lord is not all capitalized tells us that it's not Yahweh which is there. So it would be reasonable to read it among the gods, O God. Mm. And that there's some level of parallel to which Yahweh is the chief of gods, mm. which is not at all the argument. In the harmony of Scripture, the greater breadth of reading of the Old Testament, when we see the Scripture talk about other gods, we, it explains them as fictitious, mm -hmm. as mute, temporal, physical representations of a spiritual thing that does not exist. Right. Right? And so when he says there is none like you among the gods, what he's saying is because you're real. Right. Yeah. Right? That is what is the distinguishing factor between our God and other gods according to Old Testament theology? Reality. Right. That's the difference. And so so keeping that distinguishing notion in mind, right? So what it's saying is there is no one like our God when compared to pantheistic, panentheistic mm -hmm. uh, religion is because those gods don't exist and ours does. Right. Um, and, so, and so the works are greater because the works are real. Right. And tangible. Right. Yeah. I mean, all through the prophets. Remember, there was, you cut down a tree, right. half of it you turned into firewood to cook yourself a meal, the other half you carved into a god yeah. who can do nothing for you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, I like that. I love the, those analogies. Yeah, and so God is, God is unique, he is real, and he is supreme in his attributes, I think one of the one of the things that we have to to mention, and this is kind of mentioned um, in uh, Carson's commentary, which you can find on the app on your phone or if you're online. He kind of talks about how like we can't make God only one of His attributes. Yeah. Right. We have to kind of almost hold things in tension at times. Mm -hmm. Like we think about His grace and we think about His justice. Like we hold those things kind of in intention to some degree. Right. So we could take things like his benevolence. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm happy to take his benevolence. Yeah. Uh but to also take his wisdom mm. and his omniscience means that I receive his benevolence according to his goodwill that he is sovereign mm -hmm. in the dispensing of his benevolence. Mm -hmm. And I don't that's not as exciting as if he was just benevolent. <laughs> I could control his benevolence. Right. But since he is sovereign and fully in control, 
he will control his benevolence as he sees best. Mm-hmm. And that means sometimes I'm going to go without. Yeah. Sometimes I'm going to have to look back and say, hey, that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like within his being, there's this like harmony of his characteristics that's constantly operating on a level that we can't, we just simply can't fully understand. But we have to understand that even though we might not be uh, sensing that we're getting that benevolence that we want from him, that he is operating again in relation to who he is as a being, which again is like, it's just all on another level for us. He's revealed he's revealed a good deal of truth about himself. So we can't make a God in our own image. We we don't get to define who God is to me. We don't get that option because he's given enough about himself in his revelation for us to to have a, an idea of who he is. But there is a point where, yeah, we come to the end of of our capacity and have to say. And beyond that there are there is mystery right right there is majesty beyond comprehension yeah so so to wrap it up with the so what of it all mm. what does this question and answer mean for me in my daily life and in my worship oh you're asking me <laughs> <laughs> let's look around the room here so i think there's i think i kind of well you know, I didn't know if it was a rhetorical no, question. I, um, I Well, I think, okay, I think we, the, the, the question and answer are important because God is the center of our worship. And we know that, like, we exist because of him and we exist for him. And so seeking to understand who he is, understand the things that he has revealed to us and understand that there are things that beyond what we can understand, I think operating in that having that in our minds as we as we worship him as we carry out these lives he he's given us i think is is a healthy way to operate as human beings yeah i i i think particularly in this pandemic hmm. this is comforting it's not just informative right but it's comforting right um my kids my kids are not babies anymore but it wasn't that long ago and and there's so many times even even now where i i look to them and i'm like don't worry i've got this <laughs> right right you're not going to starve to death you don't need like your daughter's probably still at the at the age where where hunger hits she doesn't know how to say that yeah she doesn't know where the food comes from so she just loses it. <laughs> right? Yep. And and you're just like, stop freaking out. I've I've been here long enough to know that at five o'clock we need to eat. Mm-hmm. It's already cooking. Just I'm looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or my, my kids are still young enough to act like bedtime is a new idea every night. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> to be like, wait, lay down, go to why? No. <laughs> And and as much as they don't like it, they're better for it mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Right? And it's something that I've learned over time. Now, God being outside of time and being omniscient, he's not come to know these things, but he does know these things. Mm-hmm. And that he is sovereign over all things needs to be a point of peace for us. Where we say, hey, you know what? 
I don't understand it. But he does. Mm-hmm. And he's made a promise to me that all things will work together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I will continue to love him. I will continue to live according to his purpose and trust that if it doesn't make sense to me, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's not because it doesn't make sense. That's because I don't understand it. Yeah. And and to let the storm blow outside and say, I'm not in it. I'm warm and cared for in this shelter. Mm-hmm. And even if it does hit me, even if it does affect me, in the end, it, it kind of doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because his good promises are unchangeable. Right? right. His wisdom is infinite, right? Because when we connect these things together, we, we realize that we can trust him regardless of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that gives us peace and gives us comfort. Awesome. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. Till next time. See you later.